0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode. of Top it up with Ike. The top of the day is the <laughs> Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Joining me today once again is Mr. James. Say,
1: hey, what's up, Mr. James? What's up? Who that nation?
0: I right, like who that nation. Um, we was able? We wasn't able to come through with that big win yesterday? Unfortunately. Um it was a it was a tough game. Uh, right from the beginning it was it was a tough game. You knew what type of game it was gonna be at the beginning and uh we just didn't make enough plays and the turnovers obviously was a huge um a huge factor in the game. James, give me your thoughts on, on the on yesterday's game.
1: Well, if you go back to last week's podcast and you asked me then, what was the uh, what, what what did I think were the keys to the game? And I said turnovers. Mm. And you uh, know, you remember I texted you that yesterday. I said, remember what I said last week? Yeah. All right. It, it's turnovers, man. Whenever you're playing playoff football, whoever wins the turnover battle typically wins the game. And anytime you have four turnovers to to none. Uh, that's a you know that's a steep hill to climb, man, and um, I, I I really think we had a chance to really put them away, and I believe it was the third quarter, uh, I believe was the turning point of the game was the Jared Cook fumble, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that was devastating along with the other interceptions, but yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, man, it was the turnovers that became our undoing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, agree with that a hundred percent. Um, well, let's get into the let's get into the game a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first half, um, I think I think we showed showing offense that, uh, like I said, right from the beginning, you knew what type of game it was going to be. Um, unfortunately, we was we had something go our way, but the penalty took it away from us. We had a a punt return by. By Harris, uh, that went the distance, and uh, that was called back on. I didn't really like the call. I really thought the, the guy momentum took him into the guy. He didn't really went and push him or anything. So I really didn't like that call that um, that block in the back on that play. But you know, um, right from that point on, you just saw that our offense. We had times where, where Camaro had good runs, um, and. Even Drew was able to complete a couple passes, but we were never really flowing. We were never really flowing. We were never able to just put a a drive together. And you you saw the way that Tampa Bay was really playing us. They was going to play us up tight. um, Make Drew Brees, make the tough throws, um, stick balls in tight windows. And um, he just wasn't able to get enough of those, those plays going. Um, but uh, you got to give a little bit of credit to the Tampa Bay defense too. Um, that those I thought I think that they, they was really ready to play yesterday on the outside. Um, I thought that their cornerbacks did a good job of jamming Mike Thomas and um, some of those guys on the line of scrimmage and making it hard for them.
1: Yeah, they they did exactly what we do, right? They they play tight man coverage. They rush four. And what they were typically doing, well, typically they're they're a zone team. Traditionally for years, Tampa Bay's played a lot of zone. Which if, you know, you may have heard the commentator say, I mean, you've probably been hearing commentators say that for the last 15 years. If you're gonna play zone against Drew Brees, he's gonna eat you alive. Right. Right. So they decided to come with something different, play a lot more press man. Uh, get their hands on the receivers, disrupt the timing, disrupt their routes, rush four, and get pressure with their front four. And they were able to do that pretty well, man. They got their hands on our receivers, made it difficult for us to get deep by keeping the two high safeties and kept everything underneath uh, with their speed at the linebacker position, man. they And they really made it tough on us, especially for Michael Thomas. Um, who's a guy, listen, no matter what anybody wants to say about Michael Thomas, he's not healthy, right? He's still trying to recover. He was healthy enough to play. Uh, he was never himself all season. That ankle was almost broken, uh, from what I'm understanding. So uh, they really just made it rough for us, man. They made they clogged everything up. They made everything tight. And where they really showed themselves uh, this week, as a past, uh, compared to the last two times we played them. Was their team speed at linebacker? Man, Devin White was just a nuisance. Yeah, you know, every time we thought there was a little bit of daylight, he closed it. Yeah, you know, real good. quick. He definitely was on this game yesterday. That's for sure. Absolutely. So they made it real tough for us yesterday.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I just thought that, like, <laughs> if you was gonna beat the type of coverage that. That they was giving us, then Drew Brees had the wrong arm to do that, yeah, uh, and that's because you know he needs to throw it to tight windows, um, and you need a little velocity. It's one, it was one play in particular I, I remember. It. it was in the first half, and it was like a seam route, and you had the safety coming down, you had a, and uh, you had a line linebacker kind of um, behind the receiver, but you had a short window where you could squeeze that ball in there. And he attempted to make that throw, and I just I was waiting for the ball to get there. I was like, okay, that that's not good, Drew. Like you, you know, and the, the the ball didn't get there in time. The safety was able to, to recover, and the linebackers was able to recover and knock the ball away. So uh, for the type of coverage that they was playing yesterday, it wasn't it wasn't really set up for Drew Brees to be successful, especially not having the velocity in his throws anymore, where he can't make those out routes, those tight seam throws. Um, with tight tight coverage on them. But, I mean, and and we see all that. And you go into halftime offensively, you you score 13 points, okay? You're not looking – we're not looking bad at that point, okay? It's 13-13, you're going into halftime. Uh, On the defensive side, I thought we was playing lights out once again. Um, defense to me performed well all day yesterday Um, it just you know a couple plays here and there Um, one thing I said one thing I I noticed on defense I I was wondering the loss of Alexander how was that's going to affect us going forward you saw Leonard Fournette have a kind of a decent game yesterday and I think that was a direct effect of Alexander, Alexander not being in the game uh they was taking advantage of Anna Zonley, well, however you pronounce his name. They was taking advantage of him in coverage and, and he wasn't able to keep up with uh, keep up with him on certain downs, mainly third downs, because that's mainly when they use that coming out the backfield. Um so we, we definitely missed Quan Alexander in that situation um yesterday as well on defense. But in the first half, man, we just I thought we still on defense. Um, Tom Bay was really struggling to move the ball. If they did they was they had to be patient. We forced them to be patient. Uh to dink and dunk and um pick up uh first down at the first down. So I still think defense we played pretty well in the first half.
1: Yeah, defense I mean they lived up to the billing, man. You can say whatever you want. You can judge them for not being able to keep them out of the end zone on short fields after turnovers.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you can judge a few third-third down plays, like you mentioned, where uh, Leonard Fournette got loose. They kind of lost him a couple times, and he gave Vanzelone problems in coverage. But, man, I mean, the main thing that you had been hearing all week leading up to this was how on fire uh, Brady and the Tampa Bay offense was. Yeah. Right? And then you immediately see, from the, that's what I was interested in seeing. How were they going to come out? I expected them to come out blazing. And I expected us to have to take their first punch, right? Just as long as we survived that first punch, I thought they would come out hot. Right. But the defense came out hot. Yeah. 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 They, they, they showed out, man. I mean, we I would have loved to get a few more sacks and get a little bit more pressure on the yeah. quarterback, but. It was getting the ball
0: uh, fast too, though. He didn't. He had a time. He had a time and a uh, clock in his head. He was getting it out there. Uh, you know, no more than three Mississippi. He was. He was really getting it out that quick. He had maybe one or two plays outside. Say, well, maybe Hendrickson or somebody should have got there. But for the most part, he he was. Uh, he made his reads quick and was like, okay, I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this ball before I get there. You know, so he did a good job of getting that ball out of there too.
1: Yeah, and kudos to him uh, for that. But, man, the the main guy I expected to explode yesterday, two guys actually. I expected big games from Mike Evans, and I expected, I expected a big game from Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> I do notice Brown got nicked up a little bit later on in the game and was uh, out for a great part of the second half. <clears throat> but both of them went negated, man. Whatever it is that – uh, Mike Evans bring out brings out a Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, really. You know, if we can get that every Sunday out of him, he yeah. would be the greatest cornerback to ever live. No, really? Like, that's serious. That's, that's just how good he is against Mike Evans. I mean, he he is mm-hmm. I do not I don't I don't even have the words to describe it. He's on a whole nother level ever since that incident where uh he Mike Evans kind of blindsided him right. Uh, You know, now Mike Evans did have a big game against him two years ago. But ever since that particular moment, I mean, it's been shut down city. Uh, So I I can't argue too much with the defense, man. Uh, When they were forced to drive the ball down the field, they scored nine points.
0: Right.
1: So the 21 points over the uh, from the turnovers were critical, man. I mean, this is a completely different ball game. Yeah. If we just don't turn the ball over.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> we could go initially to the first. We could we could just go right into the second half now because uh, the the biggest turnover happened right there in the second half. We go mm-hmm. we get the ball on offense. We go down. We score seven points. Great. We take the lead. So we put the pressure back on. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay get the ball. They go three and out. We get the ball right back, and I'm and in my head. I said, "Okay, we score right here. I think that's going to be game because the way it's our, over. The way our defense was playing, I say, they would have to change up their whole offensive scheme. They had to become more of a passing team, which fell right into our hands of what we the type of coverage we was playing. So, sure <laughs> enough, now. If you watch Jared Cook throughout the season, he has a tendency of getting stripped. He runs the ball way too high. Every time he catches the ball, I am telling you, I'm screaming, go down, go down, Jared Cook. Go down. Just just, just, just go down. Don't try to make a play. Because he runs the ball like he's seven foot five. Uh-huh. He's, he's, he's his shoulders straight in the air, and his legs the only thing moving. <laughs> okay? And as soon as he took off, he had the first he had the ball in the in his right hand, which you should never do because you have a chaser. So and, and if you're gonna keep it in your right hand, you have to make sure you, you cover the ball automatically. Man, that dude hit that ball out of his hands, and I was quiet the whole game. But in that moment I knew it was so crucial, I started yelling at the TV. Because I knew in that moment, that play. Was gonna change the game, and sure enough, it did. That fumble led to them going down there, to change the momentum. They went down there, scored a touchdown. The defense already was playing great, so now they on another level. Okay, now their defense playing even you know they hyped up even more to make the to, uh, to shut us down. And then just we never was able to regain the momentum after that play. It was just everything that we did was downhill. It was never able to get a drive going. Their defense was playing. Sifling defense on us it just it just that was just the turning point of the game not even the other interception. i thought the interception, other interceptions was bad but i thought that fumble was the worst out of all of the, out of all of the interceptions
1: well not only did you recognize uh how how big that play was guess who else recognized it who jared cook oh yeah <laughs>
0: <clears throat> right. he's over
1: there crying he, man. I, you know yeah, he on the sideline, slamming the helmet like, he understood immediately how huge. Because we're not just talking about uh, taking points off the book Because right. we were going, right? Yeah. We had, like you said, we just scored. Got a three and out. We're driving again. At yeah. worst, we're going to get three out of that. But it looked like we were on to march for seven. Right. Right. That's and cool. uh, and the, the, the worst thing about it is everything you said is 100% accurate. He does... Carry the football too loosely, too far away from his body. And the worst part about that particular play is, as I'm watching it, I'm seeing it happen. Like, as soon as he caught that ball, I'm nervous already because of the way he carried it. And then it happened. So, to see my greatest fear at that moment come to fruition. Is like I couldn't believe it really happened, right? So he turns the ball over. It's a huge momentum changer, It not only takes like I told you, that's a fourteen point swing. We go up fourteen, and we end up the whole game change. I ended at seven. That's a it changes the whole game, man. And Damn. I just thought that was a microcosm of our day. Yeah, yeah
0: that that was that was it right there, man. I mean. Uh... You know, you could look at the other interception, but that play right there, and the game that was played so tightly between the defense, that one play, big. I mean, it just the whole everything changed. Everything changed, man. And, I, and, I, and it's just you know it's unfortunate. You know, I know that the Jerry Cook is sick. You know about this, and you know you just I know he's beating himself up like. You know, all I had to do was fall to the ground, which he which he should have did. You know, because you gotta know your strengths and your weakness. You know, have you ever been a breakaway tight end? No, you haven't been a breakaway tight end. You know, that just that was never your strong suit. So you gotta know when to fold it. Sometimes, you know, you see some people in the NFL, um, and I always admire Russell Russell Wilson for this. Russell Wilson came straight in the league and learn how to slide. I know he used to play baseball, but he understood. He had an understanding of, I'm not, I can't take certain hits or I'm not going to be able to play at my size. I'm not going to be able to play football, okay? And some people, some wide receivers know, okay, when I get to a certain spot, I'm not going to let this linebacker light me up. I am I only weigh 145. You know what I'm saying? Uh (laughs) I'm a six-foot-four tight end that can't run extremely fast. I run high. I know I got to get this ball. I got someone chasing me. I need to get down. I mean, that's just knowing knowing your skill set. You know what I mean? Not trying to do more than what you normally can do.
1: Well, it's the overall lack of awareness. That whole play, right? It just shows you the lack of awareness, the lack of understanding The situation, understanding how, all right, if you look at the play and you look how he got open, it's not like he bust wide open, not like he broke wide open. All right, so I can understand it if it's one of these situations hey, I broke wide open, the one defender that was nearest me was uh, uh, far enough away from me, maybe fell, something like that, and then a defender comes out of nowhere. No, it's the guy that you. Barely beat to get over. Yeah. Right. so you know, anybody with any type of awareness, and don't get me wrong, listen, I've never played tight end before in my life, but I played football all my life. Right. So you have to understand and be aware of the situation. The fact that he couldn't feel, first of all, understand, right, that the defender had to be pretty close to him, even if you didn't know exactly where he was cover the ball even right. if you wanted to fight for extra yardage i'm with that yeah. but you cover that ball tightly with two hands and you brace for contact Yep. right yep. but the fact that he tried to run with the ball really as he was wide open and free right this <laughs> uh, shows a lack of awareness man and yeah. it, it, it was very frustrating and i can only imagine how his teammates felt I can only imagine how uh, Drew Brees and the organization felt at that point. But that was the moment right there. I knew one way or another that play was going to drastically affect the outcome of the game. Whether we ended up winning or not, I knew that play was going to either make this game extremely close Mm. or we were going to fall on uh, the wrong side of it uh, due to that play.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was the momentum switch, and I like I said, we never really gathered our momentum uh, from that play. But um, and 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 just to stay on offense, just not able to to you know to give Jared Cook a break. <laughs> not only wasn't able to, uh, he wasn't just able to do anything real. I think offensively, we really it was. Dry uh, in that second half, really. But I mean, after the first drive, that first and the second drive, after he fumbles, everything after that was really hard. Everything after the, everything after that was was extremely hard. Uh, to to get receivers open for Drew to uh, complete a pass for uh, for Camaro to get lanes in the running game. Um, everything else after that was uh, was pretty tough for us. On the offensive side, and um, and I knew when they kicked that field goal and it went up by ten, I said, I told, uh, I, I knew that was game. I, but I was like, the way our offense played, it's no way we was coming back from ten, because we just didn't show any ability in that second half uh, on offense. Besides those first two drives, we didn't show anything else that we was going to be capable of coming back from ten points. Um, with with five minutes or something left in the game. And um, and I think that I think that is that is saying something in a lot because that that's saying something really. Because the Saints offense, we never counted them out. The last since Sean Payton really been the offensive coordinator, a bit but been the coach of our offense, um of our team, I'm sorry, I don't think I ever said, Oh, we're down by seven game over you know what I'm saying like I don't ever mm-hmm. say saying, saying that ever like oh man we got Drew Brees and we got six minutes man they got, they got time left in the, on the clock you know we could do a lot of things with that but I knew I'm telling you I knew without a shadow of a doubt that when it went up by 10 the game was over it, it was it just nothing we did on offense gave you life you know after that after that turnover nothing Nothing. Nothing told you that the Saints was gonna be able to go down there and score ten points.
1: Yeah, it was tough, man. And you know that's the that's the thing I always feared is is holding on to to Drew Brees for too long.
0: Woo! Right? Well, you just said something? No.
1: <clears throat> yeah that that was always my biggest fear, and it's and it's just not me. It's not like I'm some kind of genius. I think that's everybody's fear when you're dealing with a Hall of Fame quarterback that's getting up in age, right? It's like, hey, he's he's earned the right to be here and to, to leave on his own terms. But it also comes to a point, man, that, you know, we, we here we are two seasons in a row, 2 two post-seasons in a row. Four. Uh, well, no, what, what I'm about to say, two in a row where at any time we've needed a big play down the field, We've had to go to our backup quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When does that ever work? Yeah, never. Right? When have you ever seen a Super Bowl team or a team win a Super Bowl that has to operate like that? Right? We, we've never seen it before. That we would have been an anomaly. We would have been the first yeah. to do that. You know, and anytime you need a big play, if you're having to take what is supposed to be your best player. Off the field in order to make that play, then you have the question is that really your best player? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, and yeah, yeah.
1: go ahead, go ahead,
0: go ahead. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's, it's fun that you bring this up. I, I think I was going to wait to the end of this, the, the segment to talk about this stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we the only team in the NFL besides an Alex Smith team. That really don't throw the ball out of field. Uh-huh. Okay, now when you look at what is a deep shot, people are like, "What's how sufficient is a deep shot?" Okay, it's it's as sufficient in basketball as a fast break point. Okay, uh-huh. even if you know in football, even if you don't connect on that deep shot, defense has got to respect the fact that you can take that deep shot which opens up the lanes in the middle and on the outside too. Now uh-huh. the Saints not being able to take those deep shots at all because of the lack of an arm, then teams just play – they play tight. You see, uh, safeties, you don't have to go past uh, – so, so really the field is really locked in to a 30-yard, a 30, a 30 30- 30 to 40-yard range. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like the field has shrunk. And everything the Saints did is from that for, uh, that 40 yards and down. It's hard to it's right. hard to keep winning like that. It is very hard to keep winning and being a productive offense if you can't stretch the field, if you can't get, if you will, a fast break point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to be able to get easy to get an easy score here and there. You know what I mean? Being able to get that ball is stretched out and, and beat somebody deep, you know, uh, uh, throw a deep and let Mike Thomas do a jump ball or something like that. I mean, you got to have that a part of your playbook in this era. Like, you, you cannot be a dink and dunk team and win a Super Bowl. It's very hard to, well, very hard to do. And
1: your point, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and to your point, my last point, point, until your point, I told my wife after, after the game, and we, she was talking to me, I said, you know, you know what's disappointing? I said, what's disappointing is two years in a row now, I think we had a very dominant defense, okay? We had a defense that was worthy enough to win a Super Bowl. But our offense, to me, has fallen short two years in a row of of getting us to that place. And I think that was the, that's the I say that's the most disappointing thing, because you look at the Drew Brees' situation and say, well, maybe he shouldn't have came back this year. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, because one thing every team is going to fall victim to is free agency. Everybody not going to be there. You know, you can't take for granted the type of defense that you have now and think you're going to have the same defense next year and a year after that. You know what I mean? Players are getting older. People walking away in free agency to go get more money. You just don't know what your team is going to look like from year to year. And for us to have the type of defense that we have, and to be secluded on offense, if you will, I think that's I think that was a hard pill for me to swallow. Uh, yesterday, watching them lose that game, I was like, man, this is really this really was a blown opportunity. This this this
1: was. Well, all all four of them were blown opportunities. Definitely. All, all all four years man we won 49 games in four years the most uh i believe it's in the top three NFL history in the amount of wins in the four-year stretch uh not to even get to the super Bowl i mean it's one thing to not win it mm. but to have not even gotten to the super Bowl and in that one time in that four-year stretch man is pretty disappointing and and that's that's the thing. Like you said, not only is it in our playbook, so we've we are so accustomed now to not being able to make the big play that our roster yeah. is constructed with wide receivers and playmakers. That's only gonna run intermediate routes. The only only real home run threat we have is uh Deontay Harris. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we've constructed and that's what i kept telling guys you know i tell my brother uh for the last couple of years he kept saying man we should draft this guy i hope we can get our hands on this guy and i'm like we can't get him the ball <laughs> like, but what he's great at yeah. which is stretching the field like it doesn't matter how fast a guy is stretching the field if we can't get him the ball so it doesn't you know yeah. We, we're not. I already knew when it comes to wide receiver, we're not drafting these stud uh, 4 3 four, two, five receivers that can really burn and stretch the field because we can't get them the ball. Give them the ball. Uh, and that's what's disappointing. So did we hold on to him too long? It's hard to say. We don't really know if uh, anybody else gave us a better chance to win than him, and I understand their thinking from that standpoint. Um, but when you become that limited, because that's what happens in the in the regular season. Yeah, we can put up points and numbers with the best of them, right? Right. right? We just have that kind of talent. But in the playoffs, when a team has sixteen games worth of footage. To study you, yep. when it's a team that you've already played two times and they're in your division, so you pl- you play them yearly that they know all your tendencies. They know what hurt you, what hurt them the last two times you played. They know the things that you love to do. They know what things you love to do on certain down and distances. They know your personnel and their limitations and what they're great at. And uh, you know, let's be honest, Deontay Harris going down when he did, he was. He was the player of the game for me on the same side. Yeah. And he didn't play flat past the first quarter. Right. right. He di- he dominated in that short stretch, and you saw where he was going to be a problem. Yeah. And even before that game, when they asked uh, Bruce Ahrens who, you know, what wide receiver he feared the most, it wasn't Michael Thomas. He said Deontay Harris. Hmm. Right. So losing him, not having Latavius Murray. Not having the versatility of a Taysom Hill, that it all came together, and what it did, it exposed a lot of our deficiencies. They were always there. Yeah, they were always there. Yeah. We had enough talent to to uh, kind of overlook it, but right. it it automatically losing those guys, who uh none of which are even starters, hmm. but just their contribution. Right not being there, you recognize how limited we are offensively. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, um, <laughs> definitely hard to watch. Um, uh, and I think it's it's difficult because we know what our offense was. Okay. And then you see the type of performance they had the last two years in the playoffs. Really? um <laughs> Not to be critical of Drew Brees or anything, man, but he's really been underachieving in the playoffs uh, since the Super Bowl one. Really, um, he's been really under underachieving in the playoffs for whatever reason. He almost, I think, he got that uh, that paid man in effect. You know, real productive in a regular season and um, kind of ghostly in the in the
1: postseason. Um, hey, well, you you can say that, but. I'm, let's let's just remember.
0: apples and oranges, you know.
1: Just <laughs> yeah, let's remember against Minnesota, led us back from 17 to nothing, right? Yeah, took that game over in the second half. Look, every bit of the Hall of Fame quarterback we expected him to be, came back. We are a, a farm tackle, a routine tackle away from advancing <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Game definitely give him a break yep. now, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you got to give him a break on that. The next year was the Rams. A game they make the call that the rest of the world, any referee in any other stadium, any other arena, anywhere in the world, makes that call first down and goal. Yeah, kneel on the ball three times, kick a field goal, and you're in the Super Bowl, right? All right. now what you have, what happens the next two years is now you're looking at a much age quarterback. We saw him if you remember that throw that he made to Ted Ginn Jr to get us in scoring range against the Rams right? Yeah. Remember there was a long pass down the field, a bomb that Ted Ginn caught that put us in position to even run the play that we should have had the pass interference on. Right. He can't make that throw today. No, And that was two years ago. And, and we started to see the decline in the arm strength then but He still had enough to where it wasn't worrisome or bothersome. Right. But the 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 story was last season when they talked about taking deep shots before the season started, and they asked Sean Payton about the ability to drive the ball down the field and wanted to take deep shots. He said, "Well, we have Taysom Hill, (laughs) Sean Payton. That's not the answer we wanted to hear." Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: That's now in a sense, without being direct. It was a completely honest answer. Right. Right. Yeah. Because he could have said, hey, Drew can still – we still have confidence in Drew getting the ball down the field. He didn't say that.
0: No, no.
1: I mean, I
0: watched the the press conference, I think, uh, after the game, uh, and they asked him about, you know, why he didn't take a couple of these shots. And he was like – Oh, we took a couple of shots, you know, but he he was trying to protect his quarterback, and I understand that. I mean, it's kind of hard. You don't want to crap on on nobody, and some of those questions not fair, you know. You just lost the game, and you know you got people asking you about <laughs> about your quarterback throwing the ball deep. You know what I'm saying? So was, um, he just, you know, he 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 answered, not answered that question about as best as you, you possibly can. So. Um, look, the whole world knows you you, you turn on ESPN, those guys, they are talking about it, you know what I'm saying? They already say he's retiring. They they see it. It's, it's almost like like I say, I, I I I um I bring up Peyton Manning 'cause when when Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl with uh Denver, it wasn't his arm. You you saw him just like you saw Drew Brees. He wasn't able to put velocity on his throws anymore. Um, and, you know, and that was his last season, you know. So I would really – if 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 Drew Brees decided to come back, I think that would be one of the most selfish moves ever.
1: He's not coming back. I don't
0: think he's going to come back, but if he do, I think that's just going to be one of the most selfish decisions that he ever made. You know, he could say he's doing that for the team, but I don't – I couldn't buy that to save my life.
1: Well, I don't think it's selfish. If he wants to come back, that's fine. It's up to Sean Payton and and Mickey Loomis and all of those involved to say, hey, if you come back, great, but you can't be our quarterback. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Like, if he still says he wants to play, I don't think it's selfish. That's fine. He can do that. But the powers that be within the Saints organization need to move on. And it's hard to say that, man. That's not something – I get pride or joy in saying I'm actually, I'm saddened by what I saw. I'm saddened that I watched him walk off that field and look at that field one last time and I knew at that. I said, man, this is it. And I knew it before the game. The reports have been circulating. I don't know if anybody noticed uh, the new hair he has now. That kind of came out of nowhere. Oh Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but that's the thing, man. Like, he's gotten some kind of surgery or something oh, like that. Something um, You know, he, he was balding pretty bad, but now if you look at him, go go take a look at it. Look at the press conference from last night. You're going to be like, man, I didn't even notice. Yeah. Right? He's preparing for life at the football, preparing for, for television.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so they're already talking about he got a deal on the table for NBC. ESPN just came with a, a counter offer as. As uh, soon as last week, they're trying to get him. You're looking at, I mean, they were talking today, uh, starting him out at about $6 million a year uh, doing broadcasts. So yeah. it, it's over, man. It's the end of an era. I, I really wanted to see him go out on top. I thought the narrative of him beating Brady in this situation and possibly facing Aaron Rodgers and then maybe Mahomes, if he could have gone out. Uh, with a Super Bowl victory, having beaten those guys would have already beaten Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, and Brett Favre in his in his first Super Bowl run. Right. I, I just thought that was going to speak volumes on his career and uh, kind of take that underdog tag off him, but uh, it didn't work out, man. It's the end of an era. It's really sad. It's really scary uh, thinking about where the future is going to be as far as quarterback is concerned, but I think for all parties involved, that is, you know, safe to say it's just time to move on.
0: Yeah, it's definitely time to move on. Um, definitely was a tough night, um, you know, to watch the to watch the team go down like that and um, to, see, to see Drew Brees not be able to, you know, go out there another week and um, try to win another game, so. But, you know, such is life, you know. For the times undefeated, I heard you say that a couple of times. So, um, you, that you started off at a young age, but, you know, certain times, especially as quarterback, when you're when you falling away on quarterback, you everybody's going to see it. You know, it's not nothing you can hide. You know, you can't go hide behind the offensive line and, and, and be protected by that. If, you, if your arm is getting weaker, then the whole world sees it. So,
1: um uh, and let me interject and say this real quick. You know, there's gonna be a lot of Brady talk and Brady this, that, and. Hey, I'm not knocking that. He did what he needed to do to, to get a win for his team. He won. He came back and uh, revitalized a dead organization. But let's not act like Tom Brady lit it up either. Oh, did not. Right. Did not. <laughs> yeah, did let's not. let's be honest. I, I mean, we. If we look at the statistics, Drew Brees threw 34 passes, uh, Tom Brady threw 33. The only difference is Brees completed one more pass because he threw one more. So he was 19 for 34. Brady was 18 for 33. Mm -hmm. Brady did have more yards because he did pick up a 30-yard pass that Drew Brees was incapable of making at that and at any point in the game. And the interceptions were really the difference, so... All the time is undefeated, even for Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, good team win can't take anything away from him. He is who he is. He re- re- helped revitalize that organization that hadn't even been to the playoffs in a decade. So uh, k- kudos to him. But but let's make the narrative what it should be, which is that Tampa Bay team and defense came out and played great, and it was a defensive struggle, and they and they got the best of it. Yeah.
0: They they'll be sitting on the couch next to us next week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just my prediction. I'm a Green Bay
1: fan now. Ah, well <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of anybody else, but I, I, I damn sure won't cry or be upset if they lose next week. Yeah, definitely. Well,
0: we typically grade people, but I don't think that's necessary. Um for this last game, uh, we all saw what happened out there. Yeah. Um I would say just give us um kind of give us your thoughts on next season or maybe some potential moves we can make to better the team and just right quick the direction you think that the Saints going to go at with a quarterback.
1: I think Drew Brees told a story yesterday in the conversation that he had with Jameis Winston on the sideline where he looked him in his eyes, he pointed to him, uh, and he told him something. And a lot of people have been trying to translate what exactly he said. I don't know how they got uh, anything out of that. I tried to read the lips at least 10 times. I couldn't see what he said. (laughs) But whatever he said, it seemed to motion uh that he was telling them you know it's your team now right Mm -hmm. so i i think he's gonna get the first crack at it now here's a passionate moment i want to have i love drew Brees, man everything that he brought to this city this organization everything that he did for us as upset as you may be right now he made us relevant you know, we went years and years and decades without having a capable quarterback. You know, we prayed for guys like, you know, John Elways and Tom Brady's Peyton Manning's yeah. and you know, in two thousand and six we were blessed to get our own version of him and uh he graced us with his presence and brilliance for fifteen years, man. We've had fifteen years of elite quarterback play and guys I'm just here to tell you that that's probably not gonna happen again uh, not to say that we can't get our hands on another elite quarterback history shows it's not very likely or it's not very like likely to happen uh, in the near future uh, these are once in a lifetime talents these are generational talents. They play for 20 years because they only come along every 20 years. So I know everybody's down. I know everybody's upset. I know everybody's hurt. But once you put that aside, let's take a minute and reflect on what we've been able to watch in the last 15 years. This man has shattered every record there is a shatter. Saints records, he shattered that seven years ago. Right? But then he shattered NFL record books, you know, over 80,000 passing yards, even 5,000 yards passing in the postseason alone. Uh, So let's be kind, be respectful, understand that, as we say, Father Time is undefeated. And just let's just try to put some perspective on what we witnessed. And the blessing that it was to have that and understand that may, though we may want a bigger, stronger quarterback that can throw the ball down the field, we're never going to see another Drew Brees again.
0: Um, that was what I said, Mr. James. Um, I saw I saw a couple of posts out there that said like F, F Drew Brees, F Jerry Cook and all that. I'm like, you can't let your emotions get so out the way where you don't take a look back. Okay. Yeah, it's disappointed. I'm disappointed. The whole Saints crowd is disappointed. Okay, I get that. But everything you just said was completely correct. One hundred percent true. Uh Drew Brees is definitely um look, if you if you're a true if you're a true Saints fan, you know, how it was before Drew Brees got there. You <laughs> know right. what I'm saying? Right. If you Right. If not these people who started uh being a Saints fan the year of the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. Those people probably don't understand. Okay? I'm talking about people who was a Saints fan back when John Forkade and 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 uh Eric Turner was there. You know what I'm saying? Like those right. people were uh the Saints went the the the, the um, people wearing the bags on their head, you know, he had Jim Everett as a quarterback. He had, um, uh, we had, uh, what's what's your boy? Aaron Brooks was a quarterback. Um, uh, I can't remember some of these, there was completely a run. Bill,
1: Bill Tolliver, Wade Wilson, Wade Wilson, you know, all these guys, Todd Bauman, all Bobby, these guys,
0: Bobby, Ebert,
1: the cage. Bobby, guy,
0: who didn't have a cannon,
1: okay. right.
0: All these people were failures. All these quarterbacks was failures. You know, none of them was an efficient quarterback. None of none of these quarterbacks was elite. Drew Brees was the first elite quarterback that the Saints had. Elite, not good, elite quarterback that the Saints elite. had in in their history. So you got to respect that. No matter how he went down, you have to respect that. You know, re- put some respect on his name, you know what I'm saying? Because
1: Absolutely.
0: Dude, you know, he balled out, you know. uh, And sometimes we could look at Aaron Rodgers and and Mahomes and get jealous of their ability. Well, that's part of their freakish nature of being able to do that. That's their unique talent that can't be copyrighted, that can't be uh, copied by anybody else. Just like Drew Brees' accuracy can't be copied by anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what make them super. That's what make them superhuman or superstar. And, um, you know, so I, I respect what Drew Brees has given us, um, even though it's, it might have been disappointing the last few years, but nevertheless, you still got to appreciate where a person bought you. We still won a Super Bowl with this guy, and he's been our most prolific passer in the history, in the Saints history. So, um, Right on to the sunset, Drew. Right on, yes, sir. But um, right quick, just we're not going to stay too much longer than this. Um, anything? Uh, I think my second question was: um, What do you think the Saints need to do? Um, like any parts that you think the Saints need to add to the team going into next year?
1: Need to get more explosive. Unfortunately, guys, y'all going to hate to hear this. We're in salary cap hell. Yeah. Even if Drew Brees retires, we're going to have to let some players that we really like probably walk. Uh, we're probably going to have to cut a few players that we really like. So look, you know, not look forward, but just understand the business side of it, that that's a great possibility moving forward. Uh, But we definitely have to get a little bit more explosive at the wide receiver position. We may have to replace a tight end uh, and get a little bit more explosive there because Cooks has probably played his last game here. And other than that, man, I think the team is built really well. I just think we need to get a little bit more explosive on offense. And at some point, whether Jameis is the long-term answer or not, we're going to have to invest an early-round pick in a quarterback yeah. unless we think Jameis can be well, think, the next franchise.
0: And I think Jameis really buys them time. So I think it is going to be a Jameis move. I think I heard uh, on one of those sports shows say that Jameis, they were leaning to Jameis. Uh, Sean Payton likes what he could give to the team. And I and I think what Jameis is going to do is give them some time to uh, draft a quarterback potentially in the future. Because, I mean, look, you are not dropping out of the sky. You don't know who's the next great quarterback. You know, even in college, you can't pinpoint who that is. You know, so uh, um, and by us always last few years, man, we've been uh, uh you know we've been in the thirties as far as a pick because we've been winning. So we haven't uh we haven't been able to get uh, in position to get a, an elite quarterback, if you will. But I think Jameis Winston is going to buy them time. Um, hopefully, he could be the guy. You know. He, Jameis Winston is a great quarterback. He he does good. and I think under uh under the guidance of Sean Payton, I, I think his interception is gonna go away down. I think that was, that was the only knock on Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's can throw the ball. His only knock was protecting the ball. Yeah. So I think uh Sean Payton uh will be able to hone in on that and get his interceptions down, get him to make better decisions with the ball and um and I think he'll be a solid quarterback for us if that's the route that they decide to go. I agree. Yeah. But um, that's it, man. Um, anything else you want to add, Mr. James?
1: Nah, man, i like to say it's been a great season. We had a lot of joy, uh, put a lot of perspective on everything. That's the only way that we can really get true understanding things in life is to add perspective to it. So though you're disappointed and hurt right now, the perspective of what this guy's brought to this franchise that we never had before, respectability, put us on the national spotlight. Let's keep that perspective moving forward.
0: All right. Yep, what he just said. And um, I thank you guys for uh, giving, um, giving a few extra minutes. We went a little over today, but I wanted to give a little bit more time uh, to this playoff game, and I know this was Drew Brees' last game as well, so I wanted to talk about him as well, but thank you guys for chiming in, uh, giving us your ear, and listening to me and James give our thoughts on the Saints and the Buccaneers game. You guys have a good night. Who that?
1: Who that?